Thank you for subscribing to the Parkway Fellowship Podcast. Parkway Fellowship, commonly referred to as The Park, is a purpose-driven church in Katy, Texas, recognized for its innovation and rapid growth. Designed for the person who might not be used to attending church, The Park, one of the only purpose-driven churches in the area, has quickly become one of the most popular West Houston churches for people new to their faith, to church, or to living in the Katy area. It is our prayer that God changes your life through this message from Pastor Adam Jungblut. I feel so cool right now. Yeah. My name's Adam Jungblut. I'm the membership and ministry pastor here at the park. And yes, these are leather pants. Look, I know some of you are thinking, what is going on? What's going on this morning? This is totally different than everything. Like, listen, for you first timers that are here, normally we have the message as the second half and our worship through music as the first half. We're flipping it around for the first couple series, for, for these first couple weeks in our new, brand new series. I got to be honest with you. The original idea was for me to ride this motorcycle up here on stage. I've never ridden a motorcycle before. <laughs> And so this week, we went and practiced out in the parking lot. We realized very quickly that for my safety and your safety, that was not an option. All of a sudden, it was done. Because what we realized is, I could only run this powerful, amazing machine at a fraction of its potential. I just didn't have the capabilities. I had never done it before. I mean, it was like I had the capabilities of a tricycle while riding on a motorcycle. It just wasn't going to happen. But look, there's a lot of things in our life that we don't use to its fullest potential. There are some of us in here that in our cars, we don't even know what all the buttons do. TV, all of these options we have, we know how to make it louder, quieter, and change the channel. Computers, uh, maybe... Maybe it's the fancy blender in the kitchen that can do a million and one things and all we do is make smoothies. Or maybe it's your phone. Maybe it's your smartphone that you have. Did you know that that your smartphone, that it can scan documents? And I only have like the horrible iPhone 4. Ugh. Scan documents. Point it to the sky and tell you the name of every star and constellation that you're looking at. Did you know that this thing can regulate and manage your heart rate? If you are using your smartphone as simply a phone, well then, it's like you're just leaving it an idol. Today we're starting a brand new series called Idol Worship. And Our goal during this series is to make sure that our worship doesn't fall into the category of this amazing tool that we have, but we don't even come close to using it to its full potential. That's why we've kind of flipped things around a little bit. Because look, if we have our worship and we're leaving it in idle, it's, it's as if we own a Corvette and we never take it over 20 miles an hour. It's as if we have a Harley And we rev the engine, and we look all awesome in the gear, but we never go anywhere with it. We simply leave these amazing tools that we have in idle. 
And look, there's a great danger. There is a huge danger if we leave our worship an idol. You know, one of the dangers if we leave our worship an idol is that we'll plateau in our spiritual life. We will simply plateau. We will never grow past where you are right now. Because there's so much more to this life following Christ that we're just not utilizing because our worship is an idol. Another danger is that if we leave our worship an idol and don't learn how to go full throttle in our worship, there's a very, very real chance that others in your life are going to simply pass you by. Like you're on I-10 actually going the speed limit. And everybody else is flying right past you and you're saying, what's going on? You're going to be left, stranded on the side of the road. It's our worship of God that prevents us from maintaining all this biblical knowledge just in our head and becoming smarter. You see, it's our worship that moves everything that we learn about God from our head down to our heart and make it real in our relationship with him. Because the danger is, if we leave our worship an idol, all that we're going to do is learn all these great things about God and in the Bible. But it's not going to mean anything. It's not going to amount to anything. We're just like a professor that teaches the Bible as a history book, but has no clue who God is. That's the danger if we simply leave our worship an idol. So that's what we're going to look at this series. Today, we're going to take a look at, at, in my opinion... The most idling aspect of worship, and it's here on Sunday mornings. It's it's how we worship God through music and through our voice. For us normally at the beginning of service is when there is the most idling going on. And which I find almost comical because when you ask people, hey, what's the first thing you think about when you think of worship? Well, the answer is singing to church. Yeah, it's what everybody says. But yet... That's where we idle the most. That's why we've kind of flipped this whole series around. I mean, it makes no sense for us to come in, worship first, and then in the second half, learn about what we should have been doing. So we're going to learn about it. We're going to talk about how to make sure that our idol is not, our worship is not an idol. And we can advance full throttle. Because biblically, This was designed to be the best hour of our week. Our worship is designed to be better here than anywhere else. This is when we come and we get energized and we get so excited about the God that we serve, about who he is and what he's done in our life together as a church family that it propels us to go out for the rest of our week. But yet, there's a lot of idling going on. Two things that we have to do. Two things that we have to do to make sure that our worship is not an idol. And two things that we have to do so that we can make sure that we are going full throttle, ready to go. That this is the best hour of our week. And here's the first one. You've got to come to church ready to worship. You've got to come to church ready to worship. Uh, Just let's see if this is a common scenario for you. You come to church, you got a lot of things on your mind. I mean, you're constantly thinking about all this stuff and getting family ready and you're getting kids checked in and they want donuts. And then you're like, where are my kids? They went back for a second round of donuts. You told them they can only have one donut. You're going to check all your kids in. Then you've got the stickers that you got to put on them. And all of this stuff is going on and you find up getting here and you're like, whew, 
And then worship's going and you have to like detox from everything that happened already this morning. And by the time you're like, whew, I'm fully engaged, Pat says, let me close this in a word of prayer. Look, we have to come ready to worship. Look at what it says in Psalm 95. Look at what it says in Psalm 95. It says, come, let us sing to the Lord. Underline, let us sing to the Lord for me. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come to him with thanksgiving. Let us sing songs of praise to him. For the Lord is a great God, a great king above all gods. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God. Look, we're going to get more into this in the upcoming weeks, but we were made to worship. It's how God, our maker, designed us. It's very interesting. When, when you read scripture, you'll see that the Bible never tries to convince you of worship. It never says, you should worship, you should try it, it's really cool. The Bible assumes you're going to worship because we were made to worship. And then it simply tells us what to worship. We're never convinced of worshiping. We're always told what to worship because we were made for worship and we will worship. Look, Psalm 95 For some of y'all that are thinking, man, what is this God? I don't even understand God and worship. I'm not even sure if I want to worship him. It's more than a poem. It's more than written as lyrics for a song that was sung back in biblical times. That is a God worthy of worship. In a world that says, worship me, worship me, worship me. From celebrities to money to sports to activities to everything else that's out there. That is worthy of worship. A God that gives, that is a rock, that is a maker, that is worthy of us kneeling down and bowing down before him. That is what we are to worship. Man, for some of you in here, let's just start at the beginning. It starts with having a relationship with that God. And that starts with accepting Jesus Christ, his son, into your heart as your Lord and Savior. Because that great God sent his son to die on the cross Everything we have ever done wrong and everything we are ever going to do wrong. So that we can spend eternity with that great God. Because how can people full of mistakes, wretched, covered in sin, spend eternity with a God that great? We can't. Unless everything we've ever done is forgiven. And that's through his son, Jesus Christ. Who died on the cross for our sins. There's never come a time in your life where you've asked him to come into your life. Make it today. It's a simple prayer to that great God of saying, God, I'm so sorry for everything that I've done wrong. I accept what your son did on the cross as my payment, as my punishment for all the sins I've ever done. Please come into my heart right now and I promise to follow you as best I can from this day forward. It's that simple. Look, as I was working on this series, I thought about a book that I read years and years ago and I pulled it back out and I I reread it. And I want to read to you a passage. It's a book called uh, The Air I Breathe by Louis Giglio, who I just think a great guy. I've read all of his stuff and listened to some of his messages. It says, Christianity is not an individual sport so much as, as it is a family affair. Through Christ, we've been reconnected to God, and in him we're linked to each other. We are his body, his family, his people, his representatives in the world. Each one of us plays a unique role. We fit with the body in a necessary way. I'm not talking about joining organized religion. 
but the organism called the church. If you're a believer in God, he has made you a part of his body, his people. It's not really your call, but his. He's already made you a member. And a part of your worship is to make a connection with other believers around you. The primary purpose of the church, the people of God, is worship. At its core, the church exists to glorify God. And without your life and voice, the body's expression is incomplete. Look, here's how it works. We come here to worship together because of what happened during this past week in our personal relationships with Christ. What we learned, how we grew closer to him, sin that we've shed and now we look more like Christ. Those who we've shared it with and we come together to celebrate our own individual walks with Christ together. Look, the imagery that's used here is that it's a bunch of individual streams of worship that come together in this place, in this building To form a raging river of worship. As we cry out. And we say. You are a great God. Look worship doesn't start when Pat and the music team. When they begin to play. No. Worship starts from the moment that we leave here. To the moment that we come back. And we get to celebrate together. Everything that happened this past week. And in great anticipation of what he's going to do. In the near future. Well, look, for you to make sure that you come ready, ready to worship, there's two things that you've got to do. The first is you've got to read your Bible. You've got to read your Bible. You know, so much of it is learning what we are worshiping, learning about the God that we are designed to worship. The only way that you can do that is reading your Bible. Look, the more scripture you read and the more passages you consume, the more you're going to realize that our God is worthy of all of our worship. You're going to learn about the great wonders and the things that he's done through stories and faith, through others. And you're going to say, I want more of that. And it's going to lead you to come in here and say, because of everything that I learned, you are worthy of our worship, God. You are worthy of it all. Look, there are so many things that we worship in this world. There's so many things that we learn about and soak up information and knowledge about. And it just causes us to like them more. That's the idea with God. God, we need to learn about him because he desires all of our worship. And the more we know about him, the more we'll worship him. Second thing that you've got to do to make sure you come ready to worship is you have to be on time for church. Look, I'm going to say it in love. Church starts at 9 a.m. That does not mean you walk through the doors at nine, grab coffee and donuts, go check your kids in, go back for second round of coffee and donuts, and then come in. No. Church starts at nine. That means you show up a little early. Grab your coffee and donuts, say hi to your friends. Get your kids checked in to where they need to go. Come in here, find a seat. After you're seated, they start to play. That's what on time means. What do you think it says to God? That on the time that you come to worship him, to learn about him, you show up after nine, have to get the kids checked in, 
and walk in here. Because for some of you in here, and I've heard it, you think that the music in the beginning is just filler before the sermon. Now, look, I got to be honest with you. I know that Pastor Mike and Pastor Ryan would agree the sermon is the best part. I mean, let's, let's just be honest about this here. I mean, I get it. I understand. No. Look, we're here. We're here to worship. It's what the church does. The church doesn't just come here just, just to learn. You see, some of you in this room have the idea that you just have to make the sermon because you need it. I need this. I, I need this. I need to hear the sermon. And so as long as I make that, I'm okay. It's like we have this attitude of, of, of just coming and coming and just, I just need to receive. I can show a blade forward as long as I'm there for the message. Because that's what I need to learn to get through the day. Look, you got to be on time. And when you're on time, it changes your attitude. When you show up late, and look, I know that it's never your fault when your family's late. I know that it's your spouse. I get that. I know that it's your kids. I get that. I know it's never your fault. So please don't hear me say that. Look, you're frustrated. You're frustrated when you get here. Your kids are taking slow, and, and you're, you're, you're annoyed by that because you're late, and you're one of those people that likes being on time, and you're so late, and everybody knows that you're late, and then you have to walk in a little bit late, and it just, oh, you're just, your attitude is so not ready for worship. You are angry, and you're frustrated that it takes you 10 minutes just to calm down when you get in here. Look, you got to show up on time. When you show up on time, you're going to be relaxed and ready Ready for worship. Second thing you got to do. Second thing that you have got to do to make this the best hour of your week, to get ready, is you have to come to church with something to give. You have to come to church with something to give. Look, let's just get it out of the way. Yeah, sometimes it's going to be money. It's going to be finances, so let's just talk about it before we have to move on. There. Cat's out of the bag. I talked about it. Finances. Before we talk about what I've got to say, let's look at what God has to say. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 28. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving. Circle the word receiving for me. Receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And thus, let us offer to God, underline offer to God, acceptable worship. Look, if you're a Christ follower, if you became a Christ follower, you want to become a Christ follower, because of what we talked about just a little bit ago after reading Psalms, when you become a Christ follower, you receive the kingdom of heaven as an inheritance. You receive a kingdom of heaven that cannot be shaken. You receive a kingdom of heaven, and when you die, you are guaranteed to go there. And here during this life, that kingdom will help you and guide you in your decisions God, that is why we worship. That is why we offer our worship. Worship is something that we give. It's not something that we take. We offer our worship because of what we have received in the gift of the kingdom of heaven. What we've received is a gift that we could never pay for. And because of that, we offer our worship. I want you to look at Matthew 2. The story here in Matthew 2 that we're in the middle of is we're, we're, we're talking about the birth of Christ. And this is when the wise men come to visit, 
come to visit Jesus. Look at what it says in Matthew 2.11. On coming to the house, they, talking about the wise men, they saw the child and his mother Mary. They bowed down and worshipped him. Underline, bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts. Underline, presented him with gifts for me. Of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. How crazy would it be if like there's this huge journey and the star and the wise men and they show up, they get down, they bow down. Baby Jesus right there and they're like, hey Jesus, you validate. Because man, we got a long trip and like we need some money to get back. You gotta, can you spare something? Hey, Mary and Joseph, son of God, is he giving y'all anything? Because we got a long ride ahead of us. Really? You see, they came, they worshiped and they gave they gave their worship involves giving because of what we've received we offer i used to think that that the way to handle church was that you come to church on empty you come to church with nothing because you've spent it all week long following christ and you come in here and you're like i'm exhausted i have nothing left to give now i realize there's a better way I mean, I know that it sounds right. I mean, it sounds like super spiritual that you come to church on empty. You've spent everything and now here you are. God, I've given you everything throughout my week. Fill me back up. No. You see, that that attitude simply says, God, I need you on Sunday mornings. Would you give to me on Sunday mornings? Would you fill me up on Sunday mornings? Like you can only run on empty for so long. How many of you have the little tool in your car that says how many miles you have left on the little screen until you run out of gas? How many of you see five miles and think, oh, that's really like 20? <laughs> that's, I mean, it's really that. How many, of, how many of you ladies, I mean, how many of you people in there see zero <laughs> and think, oh, I can totally get there? Like, it, oh, I mean, zero, like, it's not really going to mean zero. There, there's like a reserve tank in the back of this, like, that, that we can make it, right? Yeah. You run on empty long enough, you're going to run out of gas. And you're going to be stranded. And if you rely on Sunday mornings as your only time of spiritual intake, that is a perfect way, a fantastic recipe for some idol and worship. Because you're going to come in here and you're not even going to be able to run full throttle because you have so little fumes. And then there's going to come a time when you're going to be stranded on the road and you're not even going to have enough to get back here on Sunday. And you know whose fault it's going to be? Well, you're going to blame God. You didn't fill me up. I went to church. Here I am on empty. Church is just passing me by. Not involved in a small group. I don't want to do that stuff. Because you ran on empty for so long that you just ran out of gas. You have to come to church with something to give. Now look, you're going to be refreshed. You're going to be encouraged when you come here. Because you're going to realize that everybody else in this room has been giving everything they have all week long. And everybody here is coming with something. Everybody in here. Remember the individual streams of worship coming together to form a raging river? Look, you will be so encouraged because your worship will be full throttle. 
Now, listen, I'm not expecting like touchdown Jesus every single time when the music starts, but I mean, you gotta have something to give. Look, to be sure that you have something to give, you gotta do three things. Three things, real quick. The first one, give to God your full participation. Look, full participation on a basic level means you have to sing. There are some of you in here that are not singing. And you want to know why I know that? Because I sit right there, and then I stand right here. And I watch you. Now, like, you say, you know, I, I just really, I don't sing. I, I'm just really, I'm not, I'm not like that. Really, if we put a mic in your shower, you telling me we wouldn't record some fantastic songs? You're telling me that when you're in the car... And the, you know, classic 70s hair band comes on. Yeah. Telling me that when Bon Jovi hits, you're not living on a prayer. Yeah, right. Oh, come on. No, you sing. You just don't sing here. Or, or maybe it's, you know, I'm not, I'm just not emotional. And music, you know, it's all your emotions and stuff. Ladies, you cannot use this excuse. I'm telling you right now. Maybe for the guys, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not emotional. It's just not, not going to happen. So you're telling me today when Tony Romo throws his sixth interception, you're not going to throw the remote and scream and yell at the TV? Yeah. Or maybe you'll be jumping up and down and cheering, I, whichever that would be. You're telling me that when you hit a drive off the tee box and it flies way off course and smashes into somebody's house or something, you're just no emotion. You're totally cool about it, and that's fine. No, you're emotional. You're just not here. Look, you have to give your full participation. You have to come in and you have to sing. Like, I'm not expecting you to dance up and down the aisles, but you have to be engaged. You can't be thinking about what's going to happen later today or think about what happened this past week. You need to be focused on the words. You need to be focused on the songs. You need to be focused on singing. You've got to give your full participation. You're giving of yourself when you give your full participation. Here's the second thing that you've got to give. You've got to give your finances through tithing. I know, we're feeling a little bit awkward in here, all this stuff of singing, so let's just keep it going. Let's just talk about tithing. Look, the Bible, Bible calls us to give 10% of our income to God. The idea is, God, I, I'm worshiping you with everything that I have. And so that includes my finances. I'm going to give you 10% of it, God, and I'm asking you to bless the 90. Look, anything less than 10, you are idling. That's the truth. Finances consume so much of it. Look, we don't talk about it here every single Sunday, but I guarantee you think about it every single week. You think about finances. You probably have your bank account emailed to you. You can get on your phone. How much is left in there? You think about it constantly. It consumes so much of you mentally. God is saying, hey, if that's taking that much of you, it's taking away from me. You've got to give your 10%. You've got to give or 10%, that will prevent you from idol worship. All right, what's the third thing? Third thing that you've got to do is you have to give of your abilities through serving. Look, every single Sunday morning, it takes a minimum of 374 people through 19 different ministry teams to run church. Yeah, that's awesome. It's absolutely amazing. You see, God has given all of us special gifts, abilities, and talents. And then when you come to church, giving of that, giving 
of your time, giving of the abilities that you have through serving, then you're coming with something to give. Look, do you come to church expecting all of your needs to be met? Do you come to church expecting your kids to be taken care of so that you can come in here and not have to worry about it? Do you come in here expecting to be comfortable, to have everything taken care of? Do you come in here just expecting and assuming that it's going to be clean underneath your seat and pens are going to be there? Look, you need to serve on Sunday mornings. You need to serve, and whether it's the kids' ministry, whether it's the student ministry, whether it's hospitality, you have a donut, I have a donut, it doesn't matter. You need to be serving on Sunday morning so that when you come, you are giving. You are walking into this place already giving. You know what else it's going to guarantee? That you show up on time. Yeah. You need some help with that? Volunteer. Serve. You'll show up on time. There's going to be a whole host of people expecting you to come because you're a part of a team. Look, I got to be honest with you. This idol worship... It's hard for me too. You know what's my most difficult thing that I fight with idol worship? It's my job. You see, when I think of this as a job, I don't worship. I don't come in here already worshiping. I don't come in here ready to worship. I don't come in here with something to give. I come here because I get paid and it's my job and it's what I do. And I fight feeling that Sunday morning service is just like Monday morning in the office. That's what I fight. I fight coming in here and not looking at it from a critical pastoral eye of how can we do this differently or who came or who didn't come or could we rework this or could we assimilate more people doing this or how did our signups go for this? How many next steps did we take? I, it's a job. It's a job. And I lose worship. I don't go to church anywhere else. I mean, this is my church. So the scariest thing is that can, that can happen for Sundays in a row. Would you join me in this series of making sure that our worship isn't idle? Would you join me in this series that making sure that this, this hour is the best hour of my week, of your week? Look, in just a couple seconds, we're going to have a time of worship. Everything that we've saved from the first half, we're going to just throw it on in. Look, and during the first two songs, we're going to start slow. That's when our people are going to be down here praying. We'd love for you to come and pray during the first two songs. I'll be down here as well. That's also when we're going to be serving the Lord's Supper. If you're a Christ follower wants to participate in the Lord's Supper, it's right up here in the front corner, right up here in the front corner on the floor. As you walk forward, somebody's going to hand you a piece of bread so that you may dip it in the cup. Look, we are going to have worship, and I am begging you, would you throw off the idol worship, and would you worship full throttle with everything you have because of how great God is, of what he's given you? Would you bring him yourself through your full participation and expectation of the great week that you're going to have? That is what I'm asking. That's what I want us to do for four weeks. And my prayer is that we'd make it a habit, and it would become a new stamp on our church that we are a church of worship. All right, everybody pull out your connection card. Let's take some next steps. Maybe if you this first one, read the Bible at least four times this week to know God more. Man, if you know God more, you're going to worship him more. I'm telling you. How about this next one? I will show up on time for church for the rest of the series. Listen, husband and wife, one of you can't check this and one of you not. 
Both of you check it or nobody checks it. Hey, sign me up for the last class 101 of the year on November 18th so I can become a member of this church family. Look, we have one more class 101 this year. We will have them, but it's going to be the end, toward the end of January of next year. Look, this is where you want to come to worship. This is your church family. Hey, sign up for class 101. It's the last one we've got. Memorize Hebrews 12, 28. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Unless let us offer to God acceptable worship. What a great verse to keep us in mind, friend. If because of everything that we've been given, we are to offer and give our worship. Maybe for you, it's this next one. Become a Christ follower for the very first time. Look, I talked about it a couple times in the message. There's a sample prayer at the bottom of your sermon notes. If that's you and you want to become a Christ follower and you prayed that prayer and you mean it, I want you to check that box. On your way out, I want you to grab by every single door, there's stands and on it are packets called New Believer Packets. Information for you to go to take home and learn about your new life in Christ. Then here's the last one. I want everybody to check this one. In just a minute, I will give my full participation of worship because of what God has done for me. In just a minute, I want you to worship like you've never worshiped before. Let me close this in a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this time. I pray that you would do a great and mighty work in us and through us. Lord, I pray that your spirit would be so alive in this place, God, because of our worship, that we would never want to leave. God, I pray that you would speak to us right now. God, that you would show us everything, God, that you have done in our lives this past week and what you want to do in our life this next week. God, and it would just drive us to worship. God, that we would lose any kind of, uh, of, of hurdle that we would have, any handcuff or anything that's holding us back. God, any insecurities that we might have about singing or our voice. God, would we just worship you? God, would this place be louder in these next upcoming minutes than it has been, God, in months? God, would we worship you because you are worthy of our worship. You are a great God, and we thank you for everything. So we love you. And we ask all in your name. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. Our prayer is that God has given you at least one next step to take today in your walk with Christ. For more information about Parkway Fellowship or to contact us, visit www.parkwayfellowship.com. To talk with a pastor about becoming a Christ follower for the first time, you can call our offices at 832-222-9282.